Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. This is my mom. Am I going to get paid for this? <laughs> and Glenn Leverins. This is Morning Air. That's how I know. <laughs> On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Wake up, America. It's Fat Tuesday, February 21st. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Morning Air. On the memorial of St. Peter, Damien, Bishop, and Doctor of the Church, I'm John Morales, along with Glenn Leverins and studio producer Sarah Tafoya. Thanks so much for joining us. It's good to be with you this morning here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Quick reminder, you can always find us on Twitter and Facebook at Morning Air Show, and you can always send us an email directly, morningair at relevantradio.com. On Tuesdays, uh, we always remember the guardian angels. Each one of us has a guardian angel. Pray often to your guardian angel, asking these heavenly companions for help when you need it. Now, Lent is just about here. Ash Wednesday is less than 24 hours away. Are you ready for Lent? I want to remind you that you can elevate your Lent this year in just a few minutes each day with Father Rocky's Lenten Lessons on the Mass. They are packed with interesting facts and teachings to help you learn more about the Mass and your faith. See why these bite-sized videos had over a million views last year. Now, if you haven't signed up for Father Rocky's Lenten Lessons on the Mass, it's still not too late. You can do it this morning at relevantradio.com slash Lent and get ready to learn the Mass, live the Mass, and love the Mass more than ever before. And the really good news, they're totally free. That's relevantradio.com slash Lent. I want to bring in our morning air team as we do every morning, Glenn and Sarah. Glenn, what are a few of uh, the big stories making headlines here on this Fat Tuesday morning? Well, we're finding out more about the uh, the sad uh, death of Bishop O'Connell from Los Angeles on Saturday. He was found dead in his home Saturday afternoon. Uh, they've arrested a suspect there, and it's the husband of his housekeeper, Carlos Medina, uh, arrested after a standoff at his home in Torrance, California, an hours-long standoff with deputies. And uh, still no word on a, on a motive yet, but uh, again, just a... A tragedy, the uh, the death of a very, very beloved bishop. It really is. Uh, it, it's so shocking. It's it's so shocking. It's not something that you hear about in the news, uh, a bishop being uh, shot and killed. We have some reaction uh, from a parishioner uh, in Los Angeles, as well as uh, Bishop Robert Barron, who was actually ordained with Bishop o- O'Connell, uh, thanks to NBC. He spent a lot of time in inner cities. He dealt with a lot of things that people don't deal with on a daily basis. He married my wife and I here in this church 40 years ago. Funny man. Found humor in everything. I knew I'd lost a great friend. I knew that L.A. had lost, you know, a great bishop. I can't understand it. And that's part of the, um, that's part of the trauma of this thing for all of us, is we just find it so hard to understand. It really is so hard to understand uh, what could motivate someone to to shoot uh, a bishop uh, in the tragic uh, way in which it, it went down. Um, Glenn, um, I know that uh, here on Relevant Radio, uh, uh, this was discussed on, on all the shows. And uh, yesterday afternoon, uh, our very own uh, Timuri Jaja, the host of uh, Trending with Timuri, uh, spoke uh, about uh, Bishop O'Connell, who she knew personally. 
Auxiliary Bishop David O'Connell has showed up time and time again, leading young people praying and sidewalk counseling out in front of the abortion clinics in Los Angeles. He's known for helping to prevent gang wars as things would kind of stir up. He actually, a few years ago, right after I'd been married, kept reaching out for me to come to his office. He said, you know, with regard to me struggling with having children at the time, he had prayed with me and he told me I was going to have children and was so encouraging and so loving. He really personified what we're called to do, and that is to be with one another when our bishops are called to be with their sheep, to be with their people, to guide them. He has done that. Glenn, uh, I think that uh, Tim Marie really uh, summed it up, and again, our hearts go out uh, to uh, everyone who knew uh, Bishop O'Connell and uh, obviously his family. We continue to pray for uh, the repose of his soul. Yeah, absolutely, and our sympathies go out for uh, Tim Marie and uh, and all who uh, who are listening that uh, that may have known him personally, as well as those who are just uh, appalled by by what happened. And uh, you know, thinking about the role of a bishop in a in a good bishop, uh, uh, in just earlier in the week, having the blessing of uh, attending ordination and installation of Bishop uh, Neary in St. Cloud, Minnesota, earlier in the week, and then here at the end of the week, here's a, a bishop losing his life, and a very very sad thing. But uh, our prayers uh, indeed uh, do do lift him up. May he rest in peace. Absolutely. Uh, Meanwhile, today is uh, Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras. Uh, How are you guys uh, uh, celebrating uh, Fat Tuesday? I don't know. For myself, I'm I'm just doing a public service to the household, doing my best to make sure and rid the household of any uh, any, uh, (laughs) Valentine's candy that is uh, still around the house. I'm doing doing my best. Well, Glenn, if you came to my house, you might find some hidden uh, Halloween candy. I'm a very good hider when it comes to that Halloween candy. There's still some to spare. So uh, if you want to come over and get rid of some of that, I wouldn't be uh, upset with you. But yeah, it'll be a fun day. Trying, I'm sure at the school where my kids go, they'll usually they have like a little Mardi Gras parade. The eighth graders put on. Nice. A little parade, so they throw candy for the kids when they're leaving and getting dismissed. So it'll be a fun day for them at school. And, you know, we'll try to do something fun at home. But just try to make uh, get that last day in before Lent. Well, I, I got a little surprise yesterday when I came home. Uh, it felt like uh, Fat Monday because my wife, Cindy, decided to uh, bake uh, some homemade keto donuts uh, in advance of uh, Fat Tuesday because my son, Joseph, was home from school. So they figured, hey, let's, uh, let's make some, uh, some donuts, keto donuts, so they, they weren't too fattening. So I got, I got home and got a good taste of the, the chocolate ones especially. But that's a tradition in our home. Uh, she has a... a a Polish background, and so uh, making stuff for Fat Tuesday is just part of what they do. Yeah, it sounds like a, a good way to get uh, Joseph into uh, the baking business. So, hey, hey, this is the day to do it. Bali's home. Get him, make him work. That's good. Absolutely. And we're going to talk about Fat Tuesday and the uh, start of Lent uh, with Ash Wednesday just uh, literally tomorrow, uh, less than 24 hours uh, away. So, uh, as always, thanks, uh, Sarah and Glenn. Hey, sure thing, John. We start every morning always in prayer, always giving thanks to our Lord for all the many blessings. We pray through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio, pray for us. And we invoke the Holy Spirit every morning when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A number, if you want to be part of the program this morning, it's 888-914-9149. Now, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Lent is just about here, less than 24 hours to go. And sure, today is Fat Tuesday, or Mardi Gras, also known as Shrove Tuesday. And some of you may indulge uh, with some punch keys or donuts or some other goodies. Uh, but you still have a little bit of time to think about what you want to give up or work on during this upcoming Lent. Joining us live from our nation's capital is Catholic writer Laura Di Maria to talk about preparing your heart for Lent. Laura is a nonprofit management professional living in the metro Washington, D.C. area. She's a revert to the faith. At her personal website, laurademaria.com, she writes on topics including personal development, spiritual study, and living the Catholic faith in daily life. Good morning, Laura. Thanks so much for joining us. Good to be with you once again. Happy Fat Tuesday. Happy Fat Tuesday to you, too. It's great to be back, John. For sure. Uh, so how are you uh, celebrating uh, Fat Tuesday? Do you celebrate uh, Mardi Gras? I mean, you have to. You know, it's a missed opportunity not to. And I love hearing about what you all are going to do. And all day long, I'm going to be thinking about the pancakes that I'm going to be making for dinner tonight. Maybe a little bit of homemade whipped cream. You know, really, really do it up because I plan to cut all that kind of stuff out starting tomorrow. Oh, that sounds good for sure. <laughs> now, you recently wrote uh, an interesting article at Catholic Stand called Prepare Your Heart for Lent. Uh, how should we start cultivating our interior disposition so that we can fully meet uh, Jesus the Lord during these upcoming 40 days of Lent? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's one that I'm not sure that we all think about because when Lent begins, certainly in the lead up to it, we all tend to ask ourselves, what am I going to give up? You know, you say to your spouse, your friend, you know, your, your colleague, what are you giving up for Lent this year? And we think of it just purely in terms of, okay, I'm going to give up wine. I'm going to give up, you know, listening to music, something like that. But we forget that there's also this interior cultivation that can happen as well. And even though Lent is this penitential time, of course, I get a little bit excited about it because it's this great opportunity to really clear out the cobwebs from inside ourselves, from, from our mind and from our emotional state and any of those things that get in the way of our relationship with God. And yes, so much of that is physical. It's our, it's our dependence on comfort and on food and on warmth and our routines and things. But a lot of it is really interior too. And I believe that if we come into Lent sort of dreading it or thinking that it's this, it's just this big challenge or, or even if it's just a personal challenge, you know, we can remove the spiritual from it. You're going to kind of get yourself on the, the, the not best course to start off your Lent. So instead thinking about what really is my relationship to Lent? You know, what am I afraid of? What are the things that I know that I probably should be giving up, but I just don't want to because it's, it's too much. And why is that? You know, why do I feel that way? So beginning that internal conversation, which will lead us to giving up or adding the things that are going to be most effective for us 
to meet Jesus during this time and not just for the sake of giving up something because it's like this personal challenge that we feel that we want to take on this year. I'm so glad you mentioned adding on in addition to giving mm -hmm. up because sure you mm -hmm. can give up sweets and ice cream and chocolate, which are all my favorites. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, I was thinking about this as I'm coming in the building today. I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm literally thinking about, uh, you know, talking about this with you. And, uh, you know, I, I'd mm -hmm. like to actually add uh, even yet more scripture here d uh, during Lent uh, mm -hmm. to start working through uh, again through the, the gospel of John and Matthew which are obviously uh, very relevant here during uh, during Lent and also want to incorporate the family rosary um, with mm. with our family and obviously it's it's mm -hmm. easy to do if we if we hook up with Father Rocky and the family rosary uh, across America every yeah. night so that's that's one of my intentions is to uh, to make a concerted effort uh, to uh, to pray the rosary uh, and read scripture more so that's just my own uh, humble effort mm-hmm yeah, and think about how different you will feel at the end of that time. You know, imagine how your life will change, not just your prayer life and sort of your interior life, but even probably the way that you're interacting with other people, your patience, just sort of your perspective. If you're, if you're adding those sorts of things, particularly the rosary, which, which I also have a devotion to as well. And typically when we talk about adding things during Lent, it does fall within that spiritual study or prayer realm. But it could also be things like adding an act of service, you know, doing some kind of volunteering or, um, or, or changing, like changing the way that you approach something normally. So like a, a good example of this is instead of texting people, give them a call, you know, so you're adding phone calls to your life. Why not? It's something that maybe you're not very comfortable with, but it's actually a way to grow in relationship with the people around you. That's an easy thing that you can add, for example. That's a great suggestion because uh, I think mm -hmm. that, you know, phone calling is in some ways has become a lost art. You know, everybody texts mm -hmm. and you forget, you know, there's something about that gut level communication where you actually hear the other person's tone, intonation. Yeah. You know, sometimes things can get be misunderstood mis, uh, uh, in a text and, yeah. and you don't communicate yeah. the, the fullness of the message. So yeah, that's a, that is a great suggestion. I know in my home, I know my, my son has already said that he's, uh, he's going to uh, dramatically cut down uh, time Oh, um, on on social media and and on his yes. uh, on his iPhone, so uh, that yes. like the iPhone is going on the table at seven p.m. So uh, oh, you know, so that's okay. that's it's kind of a, a little fasting uh, from uh, technology, yes. which uh, which is a beautiful thing, especially for the young kids. Uh, something that uh, that, yeah. that the young youngsters can do. Yeah, unfortunately, I feel like every single person should do something to give up technology, particularly social media during Lent. I mean, you just have to do it. You have to do it because we're so accustomed to filling the voids in our life with, I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to get on Twitter and check out the news, or I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to go see what somebody did on their vacation, on their, you know, the photos on their Facebook page, or just generally, you know, how we interact with our phones. And it really becomes a crutch. And I think it isn't until you give that up a little bit that you realize that. And the other thing too, relating social media and the way that we communicate, it's really easy to think that you know what's going on in other people's lives because you see what they're doing on social media. When you do a phone call, you may find out all kinds of things. You know, maybe there is some little mini tragedy that happened on their vacation that didn't make it to the Facebook album, you know, that they want to talk about. Um, and it's it's just a much more human way to relate. And, and we always want to be relating to ourselves, to each other in, in these human ways. And I think that's where God meets us, you know, and it's it's even as simple as, as 
you know, as we know, where two or more are gathered in my name, you know, that there Jesus is. Having conversations with your friends, that is where you can meet God for sure. Want to bring in our listeners uh, that are up and at them here early this morning. Uh, if you have any thoughts or questions on how you plan on preparing your heart uh, for Lent, uh, anything you might want to share with us, uh, we're taking your calls for Catholic writer Laura De Maria at triple eight nine one four nine one four nine triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Now, um, Laura, we only have uh, less than twenty four hours to go, but there's still a little bit of time mm-hmm. here uh, before Ash Wednesday tomorrow and uh, the start of Lent to, to think about uh, what our Lord actually wants from our hearts. But we got to take a li- little bit of time to actually meditate and think about it. We do. And prayer, of course, is the best place to do that. And you'd be surprised when you just sit in silence with your own thoughts and you make an act of trust to God to say, you know, Holy Spirit, Jesus, I know that you're here with me in this time. Blessed Mother, I know that you're here with me. And I and I want to sit here and I want to listen to what you have to tell me. You will be surprised by how much can come up. And please don't judge what comes up either. I mean, there could be things that that are bothering you on a daily basis that you just simply haven't given a name or given a voice to and you can do that in your prayer time you know maybe you know that that speaking of trust that this lent is a time for you to work on how you trust god in your life do you trust him to take care of your finances do you trust him to take care of your family um you know is is there something else do you do you feel overly attached to to money are you really worried about you know, a financial decision or the sale of your house or a job that you're trying to get. What are, what are the things right now in your life that you are overly attached to? And a lot of times, you know, it's, it's not like you just wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm really, I'm just too vain. (laughs) You know, usually it doesn't happen that way. You have to really sit and, and, and ask God to reveal to you where you are too attached or where are the things in your life that are holding you back from freely loving and being with him and sitting in prayer is really the best time. The, a great way to do that too, if, if anyone has ever heard of the examine prayer, E-X-A-M-E-N, um, it's, it's in the Jesuit tradition and, and you kind of go through and just kind of reflect on your day, but you can do it in a way that's looking at your overall life. You know, where is God in my family? Where is God in, in my exercise? Where is God in my technology use? And look for him, you know, look for where he's missing and really identify where those pain points are and then move from there. What about silence? Can you talk about the importance of cultivating silence in our life uh, when there is so much noise Mm -hmm. just about everywhere you go? Uh, Noise uh, out on the streets, uh, noise, uh, you know, in the media Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, probably noise in our hearts as well. Yes, noise is everywhere. And again, it's one of those things until you slow down and pay attention to it, you may not even realize. Um, you know, there's the sound of construction outside. There's the sound of, of the neighbors who live across the hall. There's always the radio is on. We're listening to podcasts. We're listening to music. And silence can be hard because you kind of come face to face with yourself in the silence. And a couple years ago during Lent, I read The Power of Silence. And it's a book by uh, Cardinal Robert Seurat, so The Power of Silence Against the Dictatorship of Noise. Basically, his whole thesis is not only do you not hear God if you don't make time to cultivate silence, but other things begin to take the place of God. You know, it's kind of like this human tendency that we have to 
make, uh, as Bishop Robert Barron says, you know, money, power, pleasure, honor, these things become our gods. And unless you take the time in silence to face these things in your life and the role that they play, they can end up playing a much bigger role, you know, than, than you want to. And Lent is this perfect time to begin to detach from these things and to begin to make a determination of this or that is, is, is taking up too much of my time, which should be spent trying to develop a relationship with God instead. And Laura, of course, you can you know, spend time in silence and prayer uh, in your own home, in a little quiet part uh, of mm-hmm. your home. But uh, if you can do it in front of the Blessed Sacrament, in front of the true presence of Jesus, that's even a more powerful way to spend time in silence with the Lord. Yeah, even better. And a lot of churches during Lent, of course, will add different events, devotionals, things that they don't do during ordinary time. So if if your parish does have adoration, you know, um, also confession, by the way, confession is a really, really good thing to do during Lent, at least once during Lent. Take advantage of those things. And whether it's your parish, you know, or somewhere nearby, most places, somewhere nearby, there's a 24-hour adoration chapel. And and in that moment, you're really there present with Jesus. You know, you can say anything that, that you want to, to him. And, and I've written before about the concept of praying the truth. You know, so what we're really getting at here is you're praying the truth in the lead up to Lent and then, of course, throughout Lent as well, so that you can really uncover these things that are getting in the way of your fully developing this relationship with Jesus, being with him in his suffering, you know, not avoiding your own suffering and really living that time with him during Lent. In uh, your article, uh, you mentioned that uh, Lent is a great gift for Catholics. How can we best use uh, this gift uh, here uh, during these upcoming 40 days of Lent? Uh, yeah, I, I really believe that, that it really is a gift. And the best way to take advantage of it is is to do it, is to not avoid it um, and, and don't be fearful about it. it. There's so many resources out there. There's books and there's Pray with the Saints and there's online retreats. And you mentioned what Relevant Radio will be doing. So just choose one of them. You know, it's not a competition with yourself or with anybody else. Just dive in and and look at this. You know, the liturgical seasons really are a gift because you have this dedicated time where the whole church is moving with you in what you are doing. So remember that too. You're not alone during Lent. Not only are you with Jesus always, but you're with everybody else, the whole Catholic family who's doing this with you as well. Again, the article is called Prepare Your Heart for Lent, and you can find it at laurademaria.com as well as at Catholic Stand. Laura, as always, uh, great to be with you. Uh, uh, Love your perspective. Thank you. Wonderful to be with you. Thank you for having me, and, and I hope everyone has a wonderful Fat Tuesday and a very fruitful Lent as well. Happy Fat Tuesday. Thanks so much. Laura DiMaria, Catholic writer and nonprofit management professional uh, living in Metro Washington, D.C. We need to take a short break. When we come back, Bishop Brendan Cahill, the Bishop of the Diocese of Victoria, Texas, will be with us to talk about uh, the beauty of parish missions, uh, especially during Lent. So stay with us. There is much more to come uh, as this Fat Tuesday edition of Morning Air continues on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.
This hour is sponsored by Ave Maria Mutual Funds, where financial goals are aligned with pro-life values and fund decisions are based on investment fundamentals designed to preserve and grow wealth without violating moral beliefs. More information at AveMariaFunds.com. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is Morning Air. Well, I'm going to I'm going to see the mighty ground. Well, I'm going to I'm going to see the mighty ground. You got to love it. Welcome back to Morning Air. Happy Fat Tuesday. Mardi Gras Tuesday. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and producer Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us on this Fat Tuesday morning here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Our number, if you want to be part of the program, 888-914-9149. Our power scripture from the Playbook of Life this morning is from Jeremiah 29:13. You shall seek me and shall find me when you shall seek me with all your heart. As we prepare for Ash Wednesday tomorrow, this verse is a reminder that the Lord wants us to seek Him with all of our heart. The Lord wants our heart to be transformed and become more like His heart, the sacred heart of Jesus. During the upcoming 40 days of Lent, open your hearts to search fervently for Jesus the Lord, and then you will find Him in your heart and find the peace that surpasses all understanding. We always pray with great confidence that prayer from the Chapel of Divine Mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. Are you uh, looking for a profound uh, spiritual boost uh, during this upcoming Lent? You may have heard of parish Lenten missions uh, that you sometimes uh, hear uh, the announcements uh, during Mass. But what exactly is a parish Lenten mission, and what does it offer us Catholics uh, who want to grow in our relationship with our Lord Jesus uh, Christ? Joining us live uh, this morning is Bishop Brendan Cahill to discuss the blessing of parish missions uh, during Lent. Bishop Cahill is the third bishop of the Diocese of Victoria, Texas. He's also the Bishop Promoter of Stella Maris, the Seafarers Ministry. Your Excellency, Bishop Cahill, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Happy Fat Tuesday. It's always a joy to be with you. Uh, good morning, John. It's great to be with you, and happy Fat Tuesday, preparing for our, our Lenten journey uh, beginning tomorrow. Um, so today, we're able to feast, and uh, the last day of feasting before we begin our, our Lenten journey uh, tomorrow. So, Excellency, I'm just curious, uh, how does a bishop in Texas uh, celebrate Fat Tuesday? Well, you know, you know, I'm big Knights of Columbus and Catholic Daughters, our Catholic organization. So um, tonight, Knights of Columbus are having a, a big meal at one of our local parishes nearby where I live. And so um, they made sure to save a plate for me. And so I'll be going to Holy Family in Victoria, pick up a, a dinner, and um, they, they do a lot to go and also to stay. So uh, I might take it to go head home, or I might stay with them. And then um, the rest of the day is a, a regular day, you know, at Legion of Mary in the morning. So after, after this, at 9 o'clock, I'll go over, and we have our Legion of Mary meeting. I'm the chaplain at the Presidium is the language we use for the Presidium at the uh, cathedral. So have that meeting, then come back to the office, and then the afternoon, try to think what I have this afternoon, probably a couple of me celebrate Mass this afternoon in the Chancery. And then uh, tonight, I'll just have a, go by the church and have a dinner with some nice at Columbus there. 
All right, Excellency. Uh, do you have a, 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 a favorite uh, sweet uh, treat on, on Fat Boy, Tuesday? Donuts, punch keys. You read my mind. I've been telling people this year, this probably is the first year that I'm giving up sweets uh, for Lent. That, you know, for whatever reason before, I thought, oh, I'll give up something else and sweets wouldn't be that big of a deal. But this year, after Christmas, I've been loving sweets. And so it struck me that'll be a, a discipline uh, for me. And when I have one of our, you know, one of our people, a parishioner, and maybe these little pecan pies, you know, pecans are real big down here. And um, I don't know if I'll be able to finish them off tonight. So I might have to share them or something because I'm going to give up sweets this Lent. And, uh, you know, it strikes me kind of preparing for it. it. It used to sound to me like, oh, it's just a little thing to give up. But for whatever reason this year, it's something that I really have enjoyed. And to say, uh, to give it up and to do a sacrifice for Jesus, and I think the intentionality of it is what strikes me, that it's seeing each day something maybe I've taken for granted and offering it up. And um, so there's that value of, you know, we do our fasting, our prayers, our almsgiving, but then the the giving up of something, there's a value of joining it to Jesus. And ultimately, I mean, that, that beautiful prayer you started with, a, a trust in Jesus. And so, yeah, I, don't, I guess my favorite sweet is pecan pie. And um, it's these, some of these little, like, bite-sized pecan pies. And so that's probably my last sweet uh, before, uh, before Lent starts tomorrow. Oh, Full disclosure, a butter pecan ice cream is my weakness. Uh, I could oh eat that goodness, stuff all day. We've got to send you some from Texas. Our Bluebell is what we're, we're, we love down here. It's called Bluebell ice cream. And Bluebell makes a butter pecan. They make, oh, their vanilla is great. We have a real good ice cream from down here. <laughs> That's a great one. Sounds fantastic. Well, here we are. The countdown continues less than 24 hours to go before uh, Lenten Ash Wednesday tomorrow. Let's talk about uh, a parish Lenten missions and what a beautiful thing yeah. that uh, a parish uh, mission can be uh, for us Catholics uh, here, especially during Lent. Yeah, that, that's what I, I, I mentioned. I, I want to talk about this time because remember last time we talked about retreats and the sense of that there's silent retreats to get away for a day or up to five days, find a retreat center, have a discipline of just a silence and, and getting away. Uh, some retreats are more active, like the weekend retreats. Down here, our Axe retreats are really influential for changing people's lives, Crisillo retreats, other type of retreats that the youth retreats preparing for confirmation. Those retreats are, are transformative. You know, so we talk about retreats, about getting away for a few days to a particular place, and there's different types of retreats. There's a silent retreat, what's called a directed retreat. There's also a retreat that has more conferences throughout it. Then coming up to this, I think about for Lent, a lot of our parishes will have missions. And I really wanted to encourage people to participate in the missions. Um, and I know actually a lot of people participate through Relevant Radio. I mean, your daily rosary, the, the other the spiritual disciplines to, to participate in. And, you know, to think of your spirituality, how you, you celebrate Lent, but your parish may have a mission where an outside preacher will come in um, and he'll probably give three or four nights of conferences and each with spiritual themes. And uh, I find the value of that is you're coming with, it, it could be 
a few dozen people in a smaller parish to a few hundred people in a big parish. You're coming with brothers and sisters in Christ who are, are seekers of Jesus, who want to learn more about the faith. You're going to have a theme to kind of inspire your mind and your heart to focus on yourself in Lent, um, and it'll help kind of give insight to you a, a little a little more. And it's like last year, I remember I helped out confessions at a mission here, and it's really inspirational that the uh, have an outside preacher who specializes in these missions, kind of motivating people for a change of heart. And man, we had confessions for a long time, but people really were uh, opening their hearts to God. And so I just want to encourage that because a different spiritual, you know, that's the view of our Catholic faith. We have our, our, our prayer devotions. We have our, our discipline of prayer. We have different ways of, of growing in the faith. And so it's true. Last time we talked about retreats a little bit, this time about mission. And um, to maybe look at, and see parish mission and think about how you've grown from parish missions before. Excellency, uh, there's different types of parish missions. Uh, maybe you can share uh, some of the different themes that you have found uh, over the years that are very helpful for parish missions. And also, there's something to be said uh, for bringing somebody in, a preacher from the outside. Uh, you, you, maybe you get too used to listening to your own pastor or the priest in the parish, but you bring someone from the outside, and uh, it, it, you might be paying a little bit more attention. Yeah, and just get out of the ordinary, you know, because, uh, uh, you know, again, I come from the South, and we talk about revivals, and, you know, uh, sometimes you have revivals where uh, you'll, you'll go and say talk about the Holy Spirit for, for, for three days and how the Holy Spirit is alive in your life. And, you know, we could go through life, and, and the reality is, especially our culture, but it's every generation, we get very occupied and very busy with our daily activities. And um, I... I don't know if put this way, we may take God for granted, just not realize God is there every day taking care of us, providing for our basic needs. And we get so dependent on myself, like I'm doing this, I'm responsible for everything. And I fill my mind with images that, that nowadays, you know, the TV, the social media, the the news, the, all, all the activities, just daily activities, you know, sports, school, everything we got going on. And to get out of that routine and refocus myself on God, and to realize the the Lord is with me on all these events. So the Lord is the one who gives me my breath. He woke me up this morning, you know, and that He gives me health that, that I have today, and He's with me when my health is bad, and people are praying for me. He's there every day, and so to get away from the ordinary it increases your your awareness. And so it's funny when you talk about different types. I immediately thought of the old. Like we talk about the, the old-time revivals where you're under the tent outside, it might be during the summertime or not necessarily Lent, but that you're, you're focusing on God and getting out of the ordinary. And the outside preacher, it's just a, I don't know the movement of it. It's just getting yourself out of the ordinary, listening to somebody new. And I've noticed that like a, a, a few of our parishes have that during Lent, and uh, I think there's a real value to it of uh, taking yourself, putting the time in uh, to listen to the person, you know, and I think there's a potential for real growth in faith. Different themes that they can take. I mean, they're obviously, like I say, the Holy Spirit, uh, seeing the Holy Spirit be, being the source of revival within our hearts to purify our hearts. Uh, I think for myself, I, I tend to say, I try to start off with creation is good. You, you focus on the good and the beautiful. 
uh, for, even from the readings of Genesis, but just to, to do that, then to acknowledge the brokenness that's come through the gift of free will, the most precious gift God has given humanity, yet there is a struggle with good and evil uh, to acknowledge that. And then, and then to move from there to realize redemption, that, that God still loves us and cares for us, even though we are sinners. Um, yeah, there's different themes. There's different religious orders. It could be redemptorist. It could be passionist. It could be Dominican. They used to have a kind of their charism of how they preach a retreat, a, a mission. Your Excellency, uh, Bishop Cahill, um, can you talk a, a little bit about how pa- uh, parish missions uh, can be especially helpful here during this Lent to prepare our hearts uh, for Holy Week, which is really the end game, uh, the Easter Triduum, uh, the three days that changed the course of history? Yeah, absolutely, because I think all of Lent is geared towards that. It, uh, just last week, I was speaking at a parish, and I was speaking about the Easter Vigil. And if every you have a chance to go to Easter Vigil. If you can't go, you probably can't see it on, on TV to watch on one of the stations. The Easter Vigil is the highest, the most beautiful Mass of the whole year. And we celebrate the, the death and resurrection of our Lord and what it means for us. And so the, the sense is that in baptism, the person goes into the battle for life, and Jesus fights the battle for him and raises him up to new life. And so that whole sense of, of death and resurrection is actually because part of our daily life. I mean, it, it's just today, it's like the, the, the sunset last night, the sunrise this morning. There's a death, resurrection, renewal that we go through in our lives. And I guess that's it. That's where... Again, we kind of go through life sometimes, or I go through life sometimes, and don't take time to reflect on the deeper aspects of, of life. And so the mission, just by doing that, going to the church from 7 to 9 at night or 9 to 11 in the morning, listening to a preacher, maybe spend a, a little time afterwards thinking about the thought, it draws us deeper into what we as Catholics call the mystery, the mystery of faith, that Christ has died, Christ has risen, he'll come again. And so... Um, yeah, I think the advantage of going to parish mission is pretty rich because each year you have a different preacher, different themes. It's not always the same, but it's you giving your will over to God and saying, Lord, uh, I'm here for you. Help me grow through this Lent. I seek your grace. I want knowledge of you a little more clearly. And the Lord always is with us. Uh, I mean, you learn that, that he has seen us through everything. And the Lord is especially with us in uh, the Holy Eucharist. And in fact, uh, I want to talk about that on the other side of the break. We need to take a, a short time out. I want to invite our listeners, if you've ever attended uh, a parish Lenten mission in the past, we would love to hear from you and maybe share a little bit of your experience, how it helped you uh, to have a, a better Lent. We're taking your calls for Bishop Cahill, the Bishop of the Diocese of Victoria, Texas, 888 914 That's 888-914-9149. We're going to take a, a short time out as we continue our conversation with Bishop Cahill. Stay with us. There is more to come on the other side. On our life's journey, as we seek purpose and connection. We are called. Called to place our faith and trust in something greater than our own understanding. We are called by someone who already loves us and offers himself to us. Jesus Christ. His body, given daily 
his blood poured out for us. We never journey alone in life. Through the Eucharist, we encounter his real presence and others who share our faith. Together, we become one with him in his very flesh. And when we bring his presence out into the world, we can be light for others. This is the gospel call to make disciples of all nations, laying down our lives for others. The time is now to unite our hearts with his for the life of the world. A powerful, powerful reminder from the National Eucharistic Revival. Welcome back to Morning Air on this Fat Tuesday here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us as we continue uh, talking about uh, the beauty of parish missions during Lent with His Excellency Bishop Brendan Cahill, the Bishop of the Diocese of Victoria, Texas. Uh, Bishop Cahill, uh, I know you you mentioned you know the various themes. You know the Holy Spirit uh, is is one of the possible themes uh, d- during uh, these Lenten missions. But uh, how much better can you? get than to preach on the Holy Eucharist, especially during uh, this Eucharistic revival? Oh, absolutely. I was just at a, we had a youth, uh, we call it Youth Spectacular, um, this Sunday, just a couple of days ago. And, you know, we started with the Holy Eucharist, had a beautiful Mass. Then we had a speaker come, who young priest, came from Houston, it's about two hours away, his father David Michael Moses, gave beautiful testimony to the reality of the Eucharist. We had the Blessed Carlo Acutis, the Eucharistic Miracles exhibit for our young people to to see that young man and how he was inspired by the historical realities, Eucharistic miracles, and the testimony they give to the real presence, body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. I mean, little details about the blood type, the how scientists have investigated the, the these Eucharistic miracles over the years. And then we conclude with the Holy Hour that was, uh, man, powerful. And uh, a Holy Hour Eucharistic, uh, you know, exposition, adoration, uh, a lot of praise and worship. And it, it's even interesting that I say different styles because this is a lot of praise and worship. Um, and so even there's a moment where I was processing with the, the Blessed Sacrament, Jesus, our body, blood, soul, and divinity, uh, among the young people gathered there. I mean, there's hundreds of them. And, um, I was holding high Jesus, our Lord, and there's a song, you know, a praise and worship song, Rainmaker, Powerful Healer, Wonder Worker, Awesome Power, Our God, and to focus on that God is real and to draw people more to that Eucharistic reality. And so that could be exact. you do a whole theme of a mission on that, and that, that for us as we're heading into a Eucharistic, we're already experiencing a Eucharistic revival where we're focusing on the Mass as the ultimate healing for, for all people. Um, I, even one of the things in the homily this week was with these young people was, you know, I confess to Almighty God that I have sinned and that, that I'm not focusing on other people's sins or what other people are doing, that I want a deeper insight into my sin, how, well, this weekend, like, how do I 
how have I not loved my enemies? What what do I do where I gossip or beat down people or just fall into this me versus them type stuff, as opposed to saying, no, Lord, I need your prayer. I need your forgiveness. And oh my goodness, you do have mercy on me, a sinner. And so the Eucharist, you know, every Sunday reveals that to us. And a mission, folks on Eucharist can draw us into if it's just one time a week, go to daily mass or spend an hour in Eucharistic adoration. Um, I know people who, they make the commitment, I, I say, I haven't done this, but they'll make the commitment to do like two to three in the morning to say, Lord, I'll get up in the middle of the night, uh, I'll go take time in the Eucharistic presence, and I'm going to ask for your blessings upon my whole family. And I've heard that's transformative for people when they say they do that, because again, you're giving your will over to God, you're placing your trust in God's hands, and God always is faithful. And we find even in the times when I think God is not there, I look back in life and realize, oh my goodness, God God was there, God helped me through, uh, he sent me what I needed, and and the Eucharist just helps keep us grounded in that reality that Jesus wants to communicate to us. And so, yeah, that, that could be, that, that's what the Eucharistic revival, that may be a theme for the parish missions this year. You might go to a mission and they want to focus on Eucharist, have a Eucharistic procession, have Eucharistic adoration, have different devotionals. But also, one of the things with our youth, but for adults as well, this blessed Carlo Acutis, to just look him up and see uh, what this young man did, how motivated he was, and how that changed his life. And like one of his lines, he said, if you're going to a rock concert, you'll wait for an hour to, to, to get into the rock concert. But um, Jesus is there. How much greater is he than any rock star? It's, it's our Lord. And so I think, um, yeah, it's a good point. I think maybe your, your mission might focus on Eucharist this year as we're preparing for Eucharistic revival. It's a beautiful thing, and uh, any uh, parish mission that uh, focuses uh, on the Eucharist will will help us really be uh, prepared in our hearts uh, for Holy Thursday and what we celebrate uh, uh, that day, uh, the institution of the Holy Eucharist by our Lord. Yeah, and, and, and I would, for me, I, would, I always say our traditional thing, we, we do uh, connect you know, our Eucharistic participation with sacramental confession. And, and to realize we are not worthy, that God offers his forgiveness and healing to us. And I think that's something um, we can fall into. Maybe that's why I think spiritually, if I'm focusing on other people's faults all the time, I, I, become, I become self-righteous, and I might become the Pharisee without realizing it. And so for me, it's to acknowledge I can have those same Pharisaical attitudes towards others, and I need to have my soul cleansed and pray for God's mercy Getting back to you, you're talking about Jesus, I trust in you, right? Uh, have mercy uh, have mercy on the whole world, and that our prayer is for God's mercy for everyone, and that we have that merciful heart. So, so Lent can be a cleansing of that, because I focus on my sins, and I realize I'm not perfect, and God loves me, and God loves this world. He created good, and He wants to bring everyone to, to eternal life with Him. Your Excellency Bishop Cahill, we have one day to go until uh, Ash Wednesday. Can you uh, leave us uh, with your blessing? Yeah, uh, first of all, thank you. Uh, gratitude for all, for you, John, for all relevant radio. Pray Almighty God, send forth your Holy Spirit upon all those listening today. Uh, bring your healing to the hearts that are broken. Bring your hope to hearts that are doubtful. Be with people in love and mercy to all ar- around our area, around our land. 
pray this Lent may be one where we experience more deeply that personal connection, that personal love of our Lord for each one of us. And may Almighty God bless you and protect you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, uh, Your Excellency. Bishop Brendan Cahill, the Bishop of the Diocese of Victoria, Texas. Thanks again, Bishop. Yes, sir. Have a, have a great day and have a beautiful land. Thank you. And now it's time for another episode of Glenn Story Corner. As we think about those Lenten practices, remember, today our story, We're Stronger Than We Think, by Steve Goodyear. A little boy went to the fair with his dad. He saw an inflatable clown sporting a sign that read, Try and knock me down. Well, he hit it. He slapped it. He pushed it. He struck it again and again. And the harder he hit, the quicker it seemed to bounce back up. No matter how hard he tried, it would just not stay down. His father watched as the boy punched the clown until finally he interrupted and asked, How is it possible for the clown to keep standing back up no matter how hard he hit it? The child scratched his head and said, Dad, I think the clown is standing up on the inside. Did you know that each of us has the ability to stand up on the inside? Let me explain. A magazine article told about a woman in rural Florida who was recuperating from a lengthy illness. She enjoyed sitting on her front porch in her wheelchair, and on this day she watched her son repair his automobile. He raised it on blocks of wood, removed the tires, and slid on his back underneath the vehicle. Suddenly there was a loud crack, and the automobile lurched to one side, pinning the young man underneath. She screamed for her husband who ran to assist, but he couldn't budge the car off the young man. He climbed into his own vehicle and sped off for help. The mother who hadn't walked in months realized her son's groans were growing fainter and she knew it would be up to her to save the boy. She sensed that he was dying and that she had to act immediately. She rose to her feet and walked on shaky legs to the car. Bracing herself, she lifted. The car rose a few inches just enough to let the boy scramble free. Then she collapsed. After a thorough examination, She was found to have suffered only strained muscles. The incredulous doctor's words were most telling. I'll always wonder, he said, how far she might have lifted that car had she been well and strong. We've read similar stories about persons exhibiting almost superhuman strength in times of crises. Call it a miracle. Call it providence or call it a psychological or physiological response to an adrenaline surge. This mother and others like her found the strength she needed when she needed it to face the crisis at hand. And so it is with all of us. When life knocks us down and it seems impossible to get back up, when life demands more from us than we're able to give more than ever, we need to find a way to do what needs to be done. And it's just at these times that we come face to face with a reserve of strength we never knew we had. We're stronger than we think. Like the clown, we too have the ability to bounce back. We have emotional, spiritual, and even physical resources at our disposal. We may get knocked down, but we don't have to stay down. It's like standing up on the inside. And when we find strength to do that, we'll be able to stand up to almost anything life throws our way. From 2 Samuel 22:33, it is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. As always, thanks so much, uh, Glenn. Coming up next hour on Morning Air, our resident lovologist, Martha Fernandez-Sardina, will explain why Lent is for lovers more than ever before. And Professor Harry Kramer will share his thoughts on Fat Tuesday and sacrifice here during Lent. Stay with us. There's much more to come in the final hour of Morning Air.